Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Body Swap Podcast by a newbie and a Scooby. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. I don't know that I want to swap bodies with you. I just, I'm going to say it, you know? Wow. Offensive. Like, it's no, no offense or anything. I'm so tall and handsome, though. <laughs> I just feel like it'd be weird for <laughs> Michelle and Stu, you know? It, oh, it'd be very strange, yeah. No, I don't think we should do it. It's not, I'm not like going out to the body swap store to purchase myself a body swapper and be like, hey, Michaela, let's get this done, you know? What we've been waiting for for years is finally here. I mean, I'd probably go for a run as you, if I'm being honest. Mm, so fast. Instead Those long legs. Curiosity, right? And then so I'd just easy. be like, no, actually, maybe I shouldn't do it. Because Ooh, then my, my frail, short body <laughs> will just be such a disappointment to me when I return. True. True, true, true. <laughs> this is Season 7, Episode 13, The Killer in Me, original air date, February 4th, 2003. Michaela, you yeah. told me some things about this episode that I don't agree with. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> Wouldn't you love to know? <laughs> I mean, So, maybe. this episode we see a familiar face, which I think we covered last time, probably. I don't We're remember. about these things, right? I've said it, I've said it so many times. So oh, many times. You also intimated that this would be like a forgettable episode in a bunch of ways i think yeah i had a great time with it interesting oh yeah this is like this is a great episode okay it's a lot of fun my mind let's do it because i was bored for like (laughs) a lot of it oh no i i had a grand old time and it started out michaela in the place where all these things start (laughs) the previously on cast your mind back we get amy in the previously yep. on and i'm like hey yeah, yeah. i called it <laughs> we get a double riley mags <laughs> drop <laughs> oh yeah riley what? and mags both show up here <laughs> as they're talking about spike's chip Oh my god, that's amazing. I really am... This is the first time I've ever been truly jealous of the Previously On, I think. Previously On is delivering, man. Delivering, seeing yeah. Captain Cardboard there. Fuck. Seeing the fishwife back again. Oh, Ooh. damn. Just not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> I mean, I did tell you that we were going to deal with this whole chip thing, but the sure. idea that they need... They felt that they needed to put Riley and Mags in the previous thing on is pure insanity. Now, like I said, I had a good time with this episode. I, I'm gonna walk back saying that it's great. There are many <laughs> things that I find distasteful about it. Okay. But it is good. Do they need to address the chip situation? No. No. No, they no. don't. They, <laughs> they really don't. For some reason, think that it's like an interesting choice that Buffy has to make about the chip. And I'm like, you could have just never mentioned the chip again, because clearly you forgot about it for at least a couple episodes there. And yeah, you're right. Like, at the end of the episode, they're like, it's your choice, Buffy. Are you gonna remove the chip or let us fix it? And you're just like, this is stupid. Nobody cares about this. No one cares. And that's the problem. (laughs) It's not that it's not like, oh... I think those are both two decent options, you know? Sure. Each of them have merit. It doesn't matter, though, because I don't care about it. At all. Honestly, if they had just done a hand-wavy G-spike, seems like your chip has stopped working. Sure. And then, like, they do a couple 
of, you know, fun experiments where Spike's like pinching Andrew or something. Wacky montage, right? yeah. Wacky stuff. And then they're like, yep, guess it's done working. I would have been fine with that. That's a great mental picture because Spike <laughs> pinches Andrew. Andrew goes, ow, and pinches Spike back. And Spike gets mad and just decks Andrew. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time Spike's like, oh, no pain. Guess I'm fine. That would have yeah. been good. Instead, we have this. And we're going back to the initiative this episode, folks. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, why? Just why? I got a lot I'm of questions actually, about that. I'm pretty jazzed to go back to the initiative. <laughs> it's it's dark. It's spooky. And it's like, I don't know, it's going back to a place that we haven't been for a while. They're not doing any of the normal initiative bullshit. I mean, they sort of are. But, you know, the the military tones are all toned way down thankfully and it's mostly played as a horror thing which is neat for for like the spook factor i did enjoy it because yeah, yeah it's very like you know zombie outbreak post-apocalypse vibe yeah. gave me a lot of questions about you know vampire and slayer night vision mm. right like how much dark vision do they have it apparently seems none basically none yeah yeah which honestly goes against everything this show has stood for for seven years oh that's true they constantly wander around <laughs> in the dark right wow so that's troubling but it also shows off how poor the low light cameras are <laughs> see shit <laughs> you can't see shit and what you can see is entirely grain like it's yes. just constant film grain from overexposure <laughs> uh and now like a couple 16 year olds with a fucking dollar store camera can do a better job than this <laughs> they sure can okay right. so starting things off giles is taking the potentials sorry giles is taking the potentials <laughs> out to the desert for a couple days uh, I, we both have, I have a lot of pictures right off the top here. Of course you do. Yeah. I got a picture that I've called definitely not the real Giles. Mm-hmm. Because he's still wearing the, it's a different coat. It's a different it coat, yeah. as horrible as the first coat. Yeah, it's like sheepskin sort of thing. Oh, it just, it's so frumpy. It's not it's that very cold. very frumpy. A lot of it, yeah, I mean, I get that he's going to the desert. It's going to get cold at night, but I don't know. I and mean, Like, his, what's this plaid button-up shirt he's wearing underneath? Ridiculous. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's Giles. <laughs> Who else yeah. you got? Well, you've got Fashion Scarf. Right. Buffy is going to be rocking a fashion scarf for the entirety of this episode. <laughs> so I really wanted to wait for my picture of fashion mm, scarf. Because uh, I, I needed everyone to see just how long it really is. Oh, it's very long. Yeah, you can sort <laughs> yeah. of see it. She's sitting down and it's mm -hmm. poking out between her knees here. But yes, in my picture, they're getting longer. I am referring <laughs> to the scarf. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> It's so fucking, it goes to her knees. Like, it does go to her knees. So Giles is taking the kids out for a, you know, vision quest in the desert, as you do with your slayers. Right, the same thing we saw in season five? five? Oh yeah, yeah. intervention. Because Buffy's in the desert, and that's why Buffy Butt is parading around pretending to be real Buffy. Mm, mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's an episode title I remember. Why is yep. it an intervention? Uh, because they try to have intervention for Buffy because they think she's gone off the deep end and is having sex with Spike just everywhere. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. But, but that's before she actually starts having sex with Spike everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, good it's times. Sort of good times. A, a preemptive intervention, you might say. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. <laughs> But yes, Giles is taking these girls out. He's going to be driving the car, except oh! <laughs> he has conveniently lost 
his California driver's license. Oh, what a shame. I guess one of the girls will have to drive. Oh, oh well. dang. Yeah. Oh, and Don, uh, there's a notebook <laughs> here that I need taken out to the car. Um, I don't want to do it, though. All right. <laughs> All right, Donnie. Oh, oi. <laughs> Could you take that notebook out to the car for me? Put it in the boot. That's, yeah, wow. Such a good Giles impression. It's like he was there. Yeah. So did you feel like the notebook thing was them laying it on a bit thick? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, yep, we're we're getting around to it. Excellent. Yeah, it was them being like, this is the episode where we're going to tell you one way or the other. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michelle was surprised. I don't know how <laughs> surprised. She didn't look very plussed, if I can say that she was nonplussed. <laughs> Certainly. She wasn't moved by this, as far as I can tell. But I was like, ah, ah, yeah, if you look back in the previous five episodes, he hasn't been corporeal. Yeah. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And, right, so this was a lot more of an impact for you and Stu, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's good, right? Because it's something that's there that's extra that is exactly for people like us. It's people who have noticed this thing. Yeah. It's not like necessarily eagle-eyed viewers, but it's the more paranoid of the viewers. <laughs> and it's giving Certainly. them something to think about and like worry over. And I think that's fine. It doesn't need to be like this huge thing that takes the rest of the season. It can just be like, hey, are you guys thinking about who the first is? Because our main characters aren't, but you should be. Yeah. And I think this is the right amount of time if there is a right amount of time because you want it to be enough episodes that you've given people multiple chances to notice it yeah and then at the same time apparently filming this was a huge pain oh yeah because just imagine right all of your blocking has to get near giles but not touch him And he can't touch anything or anyone ever. No, can't interact with a single goddamn object. Tony must have been furious. (laughs) Right? So you can only push that so far. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. What else we got going on? Well, we've got this potentials with Giles and then the C team. We'll be taking care of that later on. The yeah. A team for this episode, <laughs> oh. Buffy and Spike, are yeah. uh, they're having some chill times. They're mostly talking to each other. And it starts out with Spike being chained up in a whole different basement, you know? It really is. There's a cot there. Buffy is so shocked to find him chained up <laughs> that you're just like, this really wasn't your idea. Right? And then she's like, oh, but you've been doing so well. What? So, yeah. This house is full of potentials? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll also say that if we go back to my first picture fashion scarf, yeah. just to point out, the summer's home is like in top-notch shape again. They've the had these girls fine. at work just doing <laughs> renovation. And they've, I mean, Xander's come and put this window back after bitching about it. So it's about time it gets smashed up, I guess, next episode. But I mean, yeah, it didn't back happen together again. today. Maybe yeah. they thought to themselves, well, Buffy killed the Uber vamp. And that was like the main window smasher, which is mm. untrue. First of all, it's wildly yeah, it's the untrue. Yeah. But, but they're like, oh, those bringers aren't going to smash any more windows. It wasn't <laughs> them in the first place. Right. Did you feel like SMG was super sick this episode? No. Because I thought her voice sounded a bit off. Mm. And then in this scene when she's drinking this tea, I was feeling like she just wanted that tea for herself. Ah, yeah. <laughs> because I think she's really sick, but I could be wrong. 
Fair enough. She doesn't have to do too much this episode, so it's nice and light there. Yeah, does she fight? Oh yeah, she fights a little bit. Right. Yeah, but that's stunt double, right? Mostly. That's true. It's in the dark. They don't need her. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, Spike's in neurological pain, and we're bringing up the chip this episode, and I'm like, sure. Woo! You didn't need to. It's so confusing. You've set up these weird things, and now I guess they're trying to explain the fact that Spike has bitten and killed many people as, like, the chip is on the fritz? It really does feel like they forgot, and they're like, shit, how many people has he- oh, no! (laughs) But then, no, no, they did remember, because he punched Xander, and it hurt him. What's happening? In the episode where he was (laughs) investigating how many people he had killed, they remembered the chip. So, it's not that they forgot, but, like, again, you just don't need to address it, you know? You You say the first whenever it takes control of me it overrides the chip and that's done and i'm like cool we're moving on and i think that actually works with chip lore sure because the chip has been shown to be about intention right yeah and when the first is controlling spike it is not spike's intention to hurt people yeah so the chip doesn't work easy peasy or it's neurological and the first is really up in his brain pan who knows sure whatever i got a picture of willow and a picture of anya okay before giles leaves actually is this i I thought we were done with this. (laughs) Yeah, it's been so long. Episodes upon episodes where they have not put Willow in bright red. Well, this is my second picture, red (laughs) on red. Yeah. Uh huh. Just fully red shirt, you know? Anya, you've called very cutesy. I've referred to her fairly often in my notes as business cash. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is a pretty business cash thing, but her jacket is sort of like frilled out at the bottom, and then she has. Like a lacy turtleneck happening. It's kind of Alice in Wonderland meets 90s businesswoman, you know? It's, I think it's quite cutesy. Mm. Uh, I'm not complaining no, necessarily, yeah. but it's it's a very different look. I don't know. I don't know where, why they were like, let's put this coat on you over this <laughs> turtleneck. Whatever. They can do what they want. Our third plot line this episode comes in the form of Willow and Kennedy. And my goodness, I was debating whether or not I should intro this with the Kennedy hating podcast by a Scooby and a newbie. (laughs) Right? This episode, I was like, this is why I hate Kennedy. I'm on that train. It's all coming back to me now. Oh my God. I just wanted to punch her in the face all the time. I'm going to explain my Kennedy hate, and then I'm interested to hear what yours is. Cool. Mine is two-pronged. It's a pincer approach, right? (laughs) The the left-hand pincer is (laughs) Kennedy's actress just doesn't connect with me. Like, I don't think she's doing her best work in this episode, in this show. She isn't given a heck of a lot to do, so probably it's very difficult. But, like, the acting just doesn't land ever for me. The second prong, or pincer, the right-hand one in this case, is that all of Kennedy's dialogue in this episode is promoting an unhealthy view of love. (laughs) It's promoting the idea that romantic love is the best thing that can happen to a person over every other thing in their life and just like outshines everything else by a huge margin. Romantic love is great, can be great, it's wonderful. Lots of things have been written about it, but this view is very unhealthy and it's really i mean it's pandering to teens right this is what the teens want of course but my goodness it's not a good message for these young impressionable youths well exactly and like i think my problem with kennedy is part 
of that where she is both very immature and trying to pretend that she's very mature. Mm -hmm. And I think that just pisses me off. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because, you know, they're at the bar and she's talking about how she's not saying it, but she's heavily implying that she's been in lots of lesbian relationships, been with lots of women. Yeah. And, and she, she's basically saying like, oh, like you've only been with one person. Not that she's like shitting on that or anything, but she makes it sound like she's been out on the lesbian dating scene for a long time. And clearly she's old enough to drink because they're at the bronze, but it's still very unclear what her actual age is. I get, yeah. they're having a tiki drink, but it could be virgin in her case. We That's don't very know. That's true. Because the bronze definitely caters to all ages. Yeah. I mean, they've been very clear about that. Mm-hmm. And then actually one of my other problems with her is, you know, she starts talking about how one of the things she likes most about dating women is the uncertainty of trying to figure out whether or not another woman is interested in her because right. it's very it can be very difficult like people don't wear big signs. Yeah. And my understanding and like not that I have any experience in this, but my understanding is that that's actually like really difficult for yeah. women who want to date other women and it's like a source of much pain and uncertainty for them and it's not like this great chase where you just get someone drunk and try to see if they hit on you or not. No. <laughs> That's not how any of that works. And she's talking about it like it's great. What? I was kind of worried that you were going to say, and my understanding is that they do wear big signs. (laughs) They wear, actually, they wear a particular type of hat. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No doubt. So yeah, we've got Kennedy and Willow and the Kennedy half of this plot line I care not for, but the Willow half, I, I'm on board for. I think it's a lot of fun. And like, so I it's like wackiness the... that turns into yes. seriousness that is all interesting to me, I think. So the magic part of this is very interesting because I like it from the perspective of, yeah, like what is Willow's subconscious doing? I mm-hmm. like that Amy is here fucking ah! with her. <laughs> Spoilers, friends. (laughs) Because, you know, if I were Amy, I'd be salty as all hell. (laughs) Like, I'm really on Amy's side, strangely. (laughs) I'm astonished that the concept of being locked in a rat body for many years doesn't get a mention this episode. (laughs) Right? No one brings up the fact that Amy used to be a rat for a long time. They make it sound like Amy had a drug problem. Amy has a chance to monologue for a while here, mm-hmm. and she never brings up the fact that Willow just kept her <laughs> as a rat for years. Right? Like, Kennedy's like, why would you do this? And my first thought was, oh, because Willow forgot that I was a rat and did very little to try to change me back into a human. And it just doesn't come up, and you're like, oh, nope. you've got other grievances. <laughs> okay. I feel like... That's the main grievance that just, like, it has to be the main grievance. And I understand that it didn't get brought up, but in my head, that's the reason for all of it, right? Isn't it? Why does it not get brought up then? How could it not be the reason? So, so weird. Okay. Okay. So, uh, for the B team, we've got the Willow and whatever her name is. It's fine. A couple things to mention right off the bat here. We've talked around them going on a date. 
That's nice. Yeah. Kennedy has uh, played sick to not go on this vision quest thing, which is very irresponsible. But before that even happens, Willow and Buffy are ta- having a quick scene together talking about the chip and how it's malfunctioning. Willow actually brings up this super simple explanation of, well, maybe the first can just override it or something. And Buffy's like, no, yeah. that's not what it is. And you're like, why not? You were so close. <laughs> it could have been. It, it could have so been. Easy. It was right there, guys. <laughs> you talked uh, about the right solution and yeah. then you brushed it aside. <sighs> just, just bonkers. So close. Oh, no. Okay. I right. do love Buffy calling the flower shop. And, like, not being sure (laughs) if she's supposed to play along. And, like, are they a secret government agency? Is this actually a flower shop? Or or is this one of those uh, things where I'm supposed to play along to show that I know it's really secret ops? You've got a chip problem. You're going to pick up any telephone and shout into it that you need (laughs) Riley Finn. So she does this. She does exactly what she's supposed to do, which I love. And yes, it turns out maybe it's an actual flower shop. Maybe it's just a secret agent who's playing far too dumb. Who knows? Riley ain't coming for her right now. Yeah, it could could just be that her phone is permanently bugged. Mm, Absolutely. Pick up any phone and just talk into it. Yeah. yeah. I fully, fully believe that's true. <laughs> As Kennedy and Willow are going to go out to the bar, we've got several things to talk about. Number one, Kennedy. <laughs> she has cho- chosen to go. And she's like, she's seducing Willow, right? She yeah, wants to go on a date with Willow. That's the entire purpose of her first like half hour in this episode. So what has she put on in order to render herself most attractive? These fashion suspenders. (laughs) My God. When I saw them, I was just like, are those, is she? No, it can't be. And then it was. Fashion suspenders. Oh yeah. They're also great because they're not even that distinctive from her top. So like they kind of blend in. So she's like almost committing to fashion suspenders, but then she (sighs) isn't. I really don't have a sense of what they're trying to go for with Kennedy. Oh, is this suspended? Like, yeah, suspended. Yeah. From from a fashion perspective, like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Are they trying to make her look kind of butch? Like, is this... I, like, what? <laughs> I don't know. They're trying to make her look like a person who likes suspenders. <laughs> and listeners, if you like suspenders, more power to you. You know, I think and you I'm can do saying... them better f- than Kennedy can. I'm not saying suspenders are butch. I'm just saying that I don't know what they're going for and I'm grasping at straws. It's very confusing. Yes. So, so they go on this date. Mm-hmm. And how long has Kennedy known Willow for? Uh, a couple like a, weeks. Like a week? Maybe two weeks max? Yeah. And she starts listing the things that she likes about Willow and why she's interested in Willow. Mm-hmm. One of the things she lists is that whenever Willow watches Moulin Rouge, she turns it off at chapter 32 so that it has a happy ending. Oh, shit. This, oh, shit. I didn't think about the timeline. I was like the writers so with Wi-Fi. I didn't think about the timeline. How many times have they watched Moulin Rouge? Okay, <laughs> to be fair, the year is 2003, and it's a, a house jam-packed with tween girls. <laughs> so all they do is watch Moulin Rouge. It happens very frequently, yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, and then and then Kennedy goes on to say something about how she 
thinks it's cute that Willow's so into this whole magic thing, even though she doesn't really believe in it. <laughs> and you're just like, who are you talking to? <laughs> like, what do you think is happening in this town? You think yeah. magic's just like a fun ha-ha thing? Cute. <laughs> Willow, like, <laughs> fucking almost ended the world. It was crazy. Like, Willow's really powerful and terrifying, and you just think that she's all cute with her magic tricks. Uh! This is not the most important thing. Anything (laughs) that you've mentioned is not the most important thing. Moulin Rouge gets to part of what is the most important thing, because previously we had red on red, and now Willow has gone out, out to the bronze on a date, and she is wearing (laughs) red on red on red. So I've got this much later. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know why I waited so long. Maybe I just wanted it to be well lit. Because one red shirt wasn't enough. (laughs) Yeah. Because they thought to themselves, man, we've really been slacking on this whole putting red on Willow thing. Better double down, you know? It's the only way to go. I will say, it doesn't look as bad as it used to. They've gone for a much darker red than they used to, and I appreciate that. Yeah, the dark red's a lot better. There's so much red happening on the top of Willow. Yeah, red city, man. Mm -hmm. Right, so date, that's fine. Chip stuff, that's going great. Shouting into it, shouting into a phone about Agent Finn, whatever. (laughs) I don't like Kennedy. (laughs) Kennedy... Kisses Willow, and this is where we actually start getting into the crux of things. This is where it starts getting good. Now, I have to say that I think one of my other problems with Kennedy is, as you said, like, there's no connection for me, just the same for you, with the actress or whatever she's doing. Right. But I don't even think that she and Allison Hannigan have that much chemistry. No. And, like, when they're kissing, I'm just like, I'm not interested in this. (laughs) Oh, okay. So talking about kissing Kennedy... I, I really need to get this out. Willow turns into Warren when she kisses Kennedy. Everyone else can yep. see it. She can't. Whatever. It's great. But later on, they're going to reverse the spell by having Kennedy kiss Willow again. But it's Willow as Warren. And like uh-huh. Adam Bush is getting so in there. If I can use that <laughs> phrase. He's like... He commits He's in, there. in such He's in a there. way to this kiss that I have never witnessed before. Well, then, see, this this was the thing for me. Because, like, here's Warren. I'm like, oh, this character I hate. And then he starts macking on Kennedy. And I'm just, like, so much more into it <laughs> than I was when Kennedy and Willow were kissing. And it's very confusing for me. Because I'm like, no, Warren's gross. I hate him. But, like, I just feel like maybe Adam Bush. I mean, yes, he went for it. Maybe he has more chemistry with the Kennedy actress than Willow does. I don't know, man. Like, there's some non-Euclidean shit happening with this kiss. (laughs) They are both somehow inside of each other's mouths. (laughs) Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Yeah, no, I get it. Holy shit. (laughs) They have redefined what it means to be inside of a mouth. (laughs) Such that all things are outside and inside of it simultaneously. It's crazy. I love it. God, and it's so brief, but you just like pan really close to Adam Bush's face. (laughs) He's just pressed so close up to this actress. (laughs) Great times. Good stuff, man. So the show goes from boring to intensely wacky. Willow now looks like Warren. You get some Uh. cuts where it's Allison Hannigan, some cuts where it's Adam Bush. They're, everyone else is seeing Adam Bush and Willow is thinking she's still Willow. 
So that is great. So they just straight up filmed each scene twice yeah. with both actors. But interestingly, whichever actor did the scene first depended on how Willow Warren was supposed to be. Oh. So like early on, Alison Hannigan is doing all of the performances first. And then later on, Adam Bush is doing them first. Interesting. Does that mean like Willow, sorry, Alison Hannigan goes first and then Adam Bush watches that and like tries yeah. to do and like, her thing has to there? try to emulate. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Willow. And he was trying to do like willowy sort of expressions yeah. early on. And I think it was working well at the end too when Alison Hannigan was doing more of the Warren thing, right? Yeah. But apparently it was quite a long time to film. Yes. Like much longer than normal because they're doing everything twice, but then everything has to also be blocked exactly <laughs> the same way mm-hmm. or you can't... Like, you can't put it over top or cut the way they were, right? Yeah. No, I'm sure a lot of work went into this, and I think it's worth it. You apparently hate it. Whatever. That's fine. (laughs) It's just, it's so wacky, and that's what I'm here for, Michaela. I'm here for wacky magic fun times. This is our body swap episode of the season, and I'm glad to have it. (laughs) The thing is, I think about this episode... And I'm like, oh, it's that one where Willow turns into Warren. And that describes the whole thing, right? <laughs> right. And if maybe if I just get to watch that part, I'm happy. But I have to watch so much of Kennedy and Willow <laughs> on their stupid date. <laughs> and like I don't want I don't want any part of that, you know? <laughs> I like all three parts of this episode. I think they're all fun. We're not quite getting into the the third part of it yet but yeah having everyone yelling about how warren has showed up from <laughs> the dead into well, they think he's the first house. yes right like of course and i mean andrew gets to have a nice little thing of being mad at the first appearing as warren again which is what he thinks is happening and like you know he's feeling pretty shitty about what he did still and what the first well quote unquote made him do <laughs> Buffy punches Willow, which is great. And then she's like, wait, I could punch you. What the hell? And then everyone is just constantly touching Adam Bush to make sure that he's not the first. And like, it's all, all directly aimed at the boobs. And like, all of this is fun. But at the same time, you're like, they clearly still don't have the high five system. Where's the high five policy? It's so easy. Oh my God. And, like, later on, when they, uh, spoiler alert, make this realization about Giles, Mm -hmm. Andrew says, like, something to the effect of, well, if someone's touched him, then we know he's not the first. And they, they all seem to be, like, shocked by this information. Right? Like, it's like they've never heard this before now, and it didn't even occur to them to check. Well, clearly it fucking didn't. They're like, well, there's no way to tell if someone's the first. And Andrew's like, no, we, we all learned. I mean, Andrew's a nerd, (laughs) right? Andrew is the nerd. He's the one who pays attention to these things. When Giles talks, he listens. I guess so. And like, he is a good follower. You do make a good point that, yeah, what's he doing? He's just in the background. He's taking in the information, you know, he's going to go follow orders. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them have, they still have no excuse. They've like, got no excuse. This is the main no. thing they're fighting, you know? <laughs> they are so dumb. So dumb. <sighs> Incredibly. Michaela, why don't we take a quick breather right here and go into our first segment of the episode? Cool, cool, cool. The quiz broadcast. Hello, 
good evening and remain indoors. <laughs> this is the quiz broadcast coming to you every Friday, the same day as your food parcels. Oh boy. Michaela. Oh, yeah? If there were a Buffy quiz show, what is your best piece of trivia? Oh god. Don't you have like a Buffy trivia book? It's not a trivia book so much as just a... I mean... It... It's a book of... It's an encyclopedia, I guess is what it is. Oh, is that the only thing that you have? Yeah, I it has all that. the characters. Okay. No, it has interesting bits of trivia within the, like, descriptions of the characters, I would say. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> I mean, I think my my best trivia question would be, what is the full name of the vampire that Buffy gets trapped in a house with in season three when her powers get taken away? Oh my god, it... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It's Zach something. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to ever real fucking Oh, remember. God, I can't. No, I've got no clue. Uh, <laughs> and you just have that on lock. Shit. I do. Yeah. Somehow. You're a crazy person. <laughs> do you want to know? Do you not care? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear it again. Okay. His name is Zachary Kralik. Kralik. Yes. Yeah, right? Obviously. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows good old Zach Kray. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I mean, things like what is Anya's full human name would be fun. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Anya Christina Emanuela Jenkins Harris. I think. I think there's another there thing in there. There might be an extra name. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something else in there somewhere. Hmm. But those, you, those were. Mm hmm. Should we look it up? Sure. Let's do it. Oh no, you were right. Hey. Anya Christina Emanuela Jenkins Harris. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Almost. Tragic. Yeah. So that's. That's some good trivia. I also want to just talk about quiz shows in general, like panel shows, because mm -hmm. I've been watching a bunch of QI lately. And like, good times, yeah. Why haven't they come across to North America? What's so hard about the Atlantic Ocean to get quiz shows across? We had <laughs> whose line is it anyway, so... which that's... is the closest thing. Yeah, but that's a very much a uh... an improv show. Yeah, an improv show. A quiz show, I guess, sort of has the same vibe where people are there generally to be funny. But a quiz show has a very different format. Yes. And like, they're just so pervasive in Britain. Right. That like, why they must have tried, you know, to have an American one. They love to have American versions of British things. I've got to imagine that the American versions really go, like, Americanized and lose something. Maybe. I also think it might be the, like, actual geographical size of Britain and the prevalence of theatrics there i don't know like i feel like you get you've got the quiz show people right like uh -huh, david yeah. mitchell is one of the quiz show people alan davies in some ways is but there's there's just this whole host of people uh rob bryden that i would always expect to see or noel fielding richard iowata yeah. like all of yeah. these people show up across a bunch of different stuff and i'm not sure canada has the sort of celebrity to support that i would say canada definitely doesn't and then America, I, I think know. people want bigger roles. Like, they don't want to come on to a six-episode season where they have to be improv funny, but just with yeah. anything that they're given constantly. Because... Like, we have more talk shows mm -hmm. than... But that's such a different thing, too, right? Yeah. That's just a scripted conversation that's meant to look celebra make celebrities look charming, right? Right. Yeah, I it's don't know. It's very different. Because that, yeah, talk shows are like interview format mostly. Yeah, and even like, you know, you think about Graham Norton. That's a very different kind of talk show yeah. than what we have 
Hmm. in North America. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I will say that, um, what was that Chris Hardwick show? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, that's in definitely in the style of a British quiz show. Oh, fuck, what's it called? It doesn't, it's not on anymore. I don't think I've ever watched it. At Midnight. Oh, I have not watched any At Midnight. So it's the same kind of thing where they just have three comedians on. Hmm. And, like, I think it's sort of Jeopardy style. I also have not watched very much of it. But it's it's more like a platform for the comedians to be funny, right? I wonder if it's a difference in conception of what a celebrity is. Perhaps. Culturally. Yeah. Where, like, we think of it very much as someone who gets up and does, like, a one-to-many thing and doesn't necessarily... Is not in, defined by their interactions with other celebrities. Yeah. Or, like, wouldn't stoop to being on a quiz show, essentially. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, more quiz shows all the time. Uh, QI's great. Would I Lie to You is wonderful. 8 out of 10 cats. I mean, I think the BBC's doing a great job of just, like, commoditizing that and oh, pumping out sure. as many quiz shows as they can possibly get. And I have to say that I think that the inception of At Midnight probably had more to do with Chris Hardwick being a very big fan of British television mm. and wanting to make something in that vein rather than, like, an American network wanting to do that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, this has been the quiz broadcast. And as always, remain indoors. <laughs> oh no, so spooky. <laughs> Speaking of spooky, Buffy and Spike oh. out with flashlights in some place that has a secret initiative hatch. What's this? I I don't understand how they knew this was here. <laughs> I don't understand how they can still get in it. Clearly, whoever filled the initiative up with concrete did a shit job. Terrible job. They have not filled much of this place up at all. And there are a ton of dead bodies here and it's super spooky. And the only lights they have are their flashlights. And the cameras are not good enough to keep up. Yeah, they're doing a bad job with these flashlights too, I have to say. Oh yeah. Like, not like, <laughs> you know, walking along in a straight line and then quickly moving to the side. Oh, there's a body. It's just like, you no, you should maybe be moving the flashlight around as you walk forward to see what's in front of you. But hey, I'm not going to tell them how to do their jobs. I think it sets the, sets the atmosphere quite well. I think it does a good job of being spooky. We haven't seen this sort of low light scenario before on Buffy, really, where you just have a couple fun sources of light. Oh, it is a lot more of like a horror vibe than we normally have. And I'm not saying I don't like that because i do i just the very premise that like what are they th hoping to find here uh meds i understand oh. that like <laughs> no this brings up a good question what are they hoping to find and it's actually answered by the episode i don't have it written down we'll see if i can get a clip of it but spike makes mention of the fact that when the chip would act up before, he would start screaming and they would just pump him full of happy juice, basically. And he would be fine yeah. for a while. And he wants to find more of this medicine. Every time I'd get a little rambunctious, the chip would kick in. I feel like my head was going to explode. They'd dope me up and everything would be all daffodils and teddy bears. And I'm like, that is an ass pull of epic proportions, my friends. Not only that, but if he just wants some drugs that make pain go away, like, he can get that <laughs> not in this underground government facility that's full of <laughs> dangerous demons slash dead bodies. You and your reasonable thoughts here, Michaela. They have no <laughs> place in this. No place. This episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, again... 
we are getting some some reasonable thoughts all of the scoobies except the ones that are busy so you know our c team that's being c team xander anya and don they're just sitting around they're like oh sucks giles is gone hey it was weird that we thought that guy was the first but it turns out we could you know poke him and it turned out to be willow so that was fine who else could be the first (laughs) oh no i'm a little sad that you didn't put andrew on the c team oh shit andrew is on the c team (laughs) You forgot about him. I did. You legitimately forgot about yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, he blends into the background, you know? The other one. <laughs> the other one. Tucker's little brother. Yeah, oh. right. And they can't remember a single time that they've touched Giles or seen Giles touch anything mm-hmm. since he's been back. Yep. And so first of all, like, it's hard to remember stuff like that if you're not looking out for it. Right. But the show's also been making it so that doesn't happen. <laughs> it would have been a good place for a montage of Giles, like, ducking out of the way of Buffy's hug or like just generally not interacting with things right would have been a neat like I don't know 15 second montage of these things doesn't happen instead Robson who apparently miraculously survived okay stabbing insane like he he got stabbed in the stomach didn't he (laughs) he got stabbed in the stomach he passed out due to blood loss and then woke up a little while later and is now calling them about it, being like, listen, I'm in hospital, but I survived somehow. Is Giles there? He wasn't here when I woke up. Stomach wounds are some serious shit, first of all. Second of all, did Giles just, like, leave him there because he thought he was dead? (laughs) Or is Giles just, like, a real asshole? Like, it is Giles! We learned that he is corporeal! He somehow ducked the axe! And fought this bringer off and then just left Robson for dead. For dead. He was like, oh, fuck this. This is a dangerous place for me to be. I I must gather them, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. So after they have this realization that, you know, Giles might be the first, they cut to Giles looking so definitely evil. (laughs) And like, I really regret not getting a picture of it. Oh, he's so definitely evil. Yeah, this is when I was like, okay, probably not evil. And I mean, the time where he goes into the other dimension, it's like, why is he doing that if he's not evil? Or why is he doing that if he's evil? Sorry. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. We skipped over my picture doing great. Oh. Because they're all just like standing around having a conversation. (laughs) And Spike is just behind them, like on the floor in agony. And they're all just having this normal conversation. Oh, I was laughing. (laughs) But this is when Willow as Warren has just come down the stairs, right? So they're like reacting to that. It's understandable. It's not normal, I guess. But like they, they freak out about it for a long time yes. and they're all poking Adam Bush while Spike is just like <laughs> flopping around. <laughs> it is fun. I mean, listen, it starts <laughs> off wacky, right? Wacky, wacky stuff. And yeah, you have pointed out here that Anya has truly become one with the coach. <laughs> yes, she's camouflaged Fuck. herself most expertly. Yeah. She's got a blanket on over her brown like blazer. Oh man, this couch. Ooh. It's seen some shit, you know? (laughs) We get our one perfectly appointed quota Zand of the season. Yes! Don calls Xander Zand. It happens once every goddamn season. Honestly, again, I would have never noticed this before, but you're right. We've had one Zand per season (laughs) 
for like every season? I don't even know. I don't think the first season, but I think like Maybe at it's, least yeah, from short. season three mm. onwards, there's one Zand <laughs> per season. You got a one <laughs> Zand limit, but you gotta yeah. hit your quota. Well, we've got what, 10 more episodes left to see if we get that Zand number two. Oh, that would be crazy. We can't have that. If they go all out for season seven, Ooh, you know? That would be insane. So Willow, mm-hmm. as Warren, has got to figure out what is happening to her. She's like, I know some people. And you're like, who do you know? I am personally saying, Amy, you know Amy. And Rack, but Rack yeah. is dead. So you know Amy. Oh, shucks. And Willow <laughs> thinks to herself, I know exactly the people. I'm going to go to the Wicca group at the college (laughs) that I left in disgust because they were actually not doing any magic and didn't believe it was real. Yep. They made some comments about flying around on broomsticks sarcastically. Mm -hmm. And... I've got a lot of questions about how Willow found them. They're just in like this random classroom. I think they're in the psych classroom from season four. They are. Yeah, I think they are. That sweet Maggie Walsh classroom. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the Wicca Circle. They are practicing real magic now. Lucky stuff there, you know? Like the whole point of her leaving was that they didn't. Yeah, but then they, you know, they moved on after she left. They were like, huh, She seemed really legitimately disgusted. Maybe this whole magic thing is real. Uh, It's a very weird callback to have, but we get to the place where we need to be because we get Mrs. Not a Rat. Not a Rat! rat. Amy's back! Amy's back! Oh, she is looking great. She, her actress has clothes on. Oh, what could be better? All fantastic stuff, right? Elizabeth Ann Allen is happy to be on this show, wearing all these clothes, doing cool stuff. Wearing those clothes. <laughs> yeah, she's got it, man. She's got it all. Uh, so, so, like, here's the thing. Clearly, they needed Willow to go to Amy. Because Amy is the only person that she knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apart from this group of Wiccans who knows any magic, Right. right. But for some reason, they clearly felt that, like, Willow just trying to find Amy alone didn't make any sense. (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) She's seen Amy much more recently than she's seen any of these fuckwits. Maybe she thought Amy wouldn't help her? <laughs> These people can't do anything. They can organize a yeah, bake it's sale. True. I I don't know, man. And like this is another problem I have with this episode. <laughs> like what what's happening? Why is she here? How did she find them? I kind of like that Amy's here. She's trying to, you know, go straight, get off of the drugs, that kind of thing. She's got her support group. It's all good stuff. So, yeah, this clearly doesn't make any sense. I kind of love it from a perspective because the fact that this Wicca group is back actually contributes nothing to the episode, but does nope. take things away from it. Like, it's a an example of truly bad writing. Nothing mm. good is gained from it. Nope. Questions are brought up that are not answered or considered, it should not have happened. So from that perspective, that's fun because we've identified truly bad writing. Yeah, that's true. You know, I like it. (laughs) I like that we've done this detective work. It's fine though. Amy's here and she's like, hey, I recognize this as Willow. I see through this glamour thing. Bad news. I don't really know how to help you. Worse news. They try to do a spell And then Willow says some misogynist shit to Amy. And slaps her. Yeah. 
Turns out, Willow's turning into Warren. Yeah, which is just honestly fantastic. Oh yeah, oh, 100%. I'm very on board with this plot line right now. And then like the Scoobies, the the C team, they're in the car. They're worried that Giles has just murdered a bunch of girls or <laughs> the bringers are waiting for yeah, them and have the murdered them. Yeah, the bringers would be waiting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And like the the initiative is nice and spooky. At this point, this is a fantastic episode. Like it doesn't matter that the Wicca group contributes nothing. It's still fun. Or that we had to sit through all that Kennedy bullshit. There was not actually that much Kennedy bullshit. It felt like a million years. Like, I'm not even trying to be really unreasonable about this. I was so bored, and it honestly felt like it went on forever. Uh, Fair enough. I don't hate Kennedy the same way you do. I guess. Uh, Yeah. I do have to say that after Willow, you know, she slaps Amy, and then she gets really upset. She's like, what's happening to me? So she does the one thing that she uh, knows how to do because she learned it from Buffy. How do you solve your problems? problems. You yep. run away from them real good. Real good. <laughs> if anyone in this show ever just like stood around and talked about things... I guess that's the, the reason they run away. Things would just be resolved too fast, right? Yeah, you would be shook for sure. Yeah. We are going super long. Let's get through some stuff. Uh, the C team isn't looking so hot. Um, there's something moving around in the initiative, which is very spooky. They have uh, a fight in the initiative with this demon thing. Something. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, we can't see anything that's happening. So who knows? <laughs> no, it's incredibly dark. Yeah. But like, you know, the the flashlight getting knocked away and rolling across the floor is fun as Buffy is hit around by this thing and Spike gets dragged off. And you're like, oh, spooky, spooky. Kennedy does some detective work as Amy slips up and mentions, oh, fuck this again. Yeah, okay. Amy's like, hey, <laughs> Kennedy, how's it being a potential? And Kennedy's oh like, I never told you I'm a potential. And as the audience, we're like, how the fuck does Amy know that? Okay, Amy's evil. She orchestrated this whole thing. She put a hex on Willow to have this happen. Probably yeah. at a moment. Oh, no, not at a moment of true happiness. We'll learn why later. <laughs> but, you know, the kiss triggering this is pretty funny to Amy. It's How hilarious. the fuck does Amy know what a potential is? Has she been lurking inside the Summer's house? That's a great question. I mean, what kind of scrying can she do? The episode Ooh. is not interested in telling us. No. You know, it's funny because Willow's freaking out. She's like, mm-hmm. like, you know, what's wrong with me? I turned into the man I killed. And I'm just like, Willow, come on. Like, you killed more than one man. <laughs> like, shouldn't you have turned into Rack? No. Half of the episode, no. she just turns into Rack. Oh my god, you'd be so mad. Podcast over. This weird Rack Warren amalgam. <laughs> yeah. That's gross. Anyway, the most clear explanation is that Amy is dead and the first has taken her place and knows that Kennedy's a potential. This is untrue. Willow slapped her, so categorically untrue. Yeah. Yeah. So Amy's just very good at scrying magic, apparently, and we never have to see what exactly that means. And she never has to mention that she's mad about being a rat. No, Amy comes off incredibly powerful this episode, though, Mm. like because she teleports Kennedy just with nary a thought. Teleporting is big deal. We saw that last season. It was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. Yeah, teleporting someone else against their will. Like that gave Willow a nosebleed. She was out of commission for a good long while. Hmm. Yeah, the power creep is crazy. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. So, again, Amy doesn't say that she's still pissed at Willow because of the whole rat thing. But she does say that she's pissed that everything gets handed to Willow and that Willow can, you know, kill a man, try to end the whole world, and basically have no negative consequences. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, you know, Amy does make a good point. There were no negative consequences. I see what the writers are doing, and I appreciate (laughs) that they're giving Willow some consequences here. On the other hand, you can't just have your characters say what they're feeling. That makes me (laughs) feel angry. (laughs) Right? Like, having a karmic (laughs) revelation for Willow would be fine. Having someone specifically say, this is karma for that thing she did, is like, okay, guys. Yeah, no, we understand. Yeah, good. Why is Amy not pissed that she was a rat, you know? Yeah, I mean, at at her core, that's all she's pissed about, I think. (laughs) Okay, so Willow is sad and running away from problems. Not only that, she is buying a gun, which is gonna (laughs) be good. We've got the C-team on the way to the desert to find the (laughs) slaughtered bodies of the potentials, (laughs) and they don't have any weapons or plan. When they realize they have no plan, they're like, oh no, this is... Not great. They didn't grab any weapons on the way out of no. the house. Yeah, what I mean, that's why they're the C team, right? They're driving to their dooms. Okay, when Warren goes to buy that gun mm-hmm. and the guy remembers him, you're just like, how many guns does this man sell? Very that's excellent few. customer service there, Michaela. I guess. I guess it is. He's got a real memory uh, for faces. I guess he does, yeah. That's why so, he's yeah. in that job, right? Those things are happening. Spike is being dragged away in the dark initiative by this horrible demon to be eaten and devoured. And we go into our second segment, The Lost Episodes. I am a lost boy from Neverland, usually hanging out with Peter Pan. Oh, that sounds fun. Michaela, are there any Buffy episodes that were not made? I'm talking about the dark ones. So we've got a few uh, episodes left in this series. Right. But I'd say it's unlikely that we are going to see, for instance, a Bigfoot episode, which seems like a bit of a weird (laughs) omission. Yeah. If the next episode is Bigfoot, I swear to God, podcast over. No, like, I mean, that's very much a season one or season two episode, right? I guess, where does Bigfoot end and werewolves begin? Oh, those are very different mythologies. They're very different mythologies, yes. But, like, I could see them doing an episode where they see some, like, you know, large, hairy thing in the forest. Mm Mm-hmm. And it being Bigfoot, like, is that ever interesting? Um, maybe. It depends how you play it. I guess, what what are the traditional Bigfoot myths? Because he's uh, an elusive ape in the forest. I don't well, know. Well, this is the thing about Bigfoot is that, like, the whole point of Bigfoot is that you never really see him. <laughs> Yeah, it's right? true. Okay, so go for some North American culture. Go for a Jersey Devil, perhaps. Maybe a Chupacabra. This is the thing. They really do seem to stay away from cryptids. I think yes. you're just talking about cryptids now. Uh, okay. They <laughs> Listen, they've had one, possibly two Native American episodes. Because Inca yeah. Mummy Girl, you know, sure. Yeah. And, and then Pangs, that happened. And I realize I need to be happy with that. But like a Wendigo, that's not yeah. a, a cryptid that is... And like cryptids are firmly in the Buffy realm. Oh, for sure. Like they definitely could have gone down that path. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate lost episode. Or like Wendigo would be great because that's someone who eats human and then goes crazy. Like, what's more Buffy than that? I really feel like a lot of the cryptids are pretty silly. Oh, yeah. Like, if you get right down to it. Like, the Jersey Jersey Devil Devil is is so silly. silly. It's, It's wildly silly, yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, honestly, for a show that's about, you know, supernatural things, there really aren't that many ghost episodes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, they've had a few, but they haven't. I don't know. I was glad to see the first as Joyce doing the poltergeisty things, right? That was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to see more of that sort of thing. And I think that maybe that's just the show getting away from being like a monster of the week Mm -hmm. and and doing all of sort of your classic monsters and wanting to be like more of a serious show. Serious teen drama about drug abuse as magic. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. So, I mean, there are, what, 15 seasons of Supernatural now? <laughs> oh, I have to imagine that they've covered all of this many times, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, but maybe that's just, yeah, something the Buffy writers didn't want to do. I guess, hmm. yeah. I Again, I think that they have a nice place to, like, do a Monster of the Week that ties into the larger series, which is something that they really didn't do ever. But you can have, like, the ghost episode that gives you a revelation about the big bad and i mean how many episodes do we need about giant snakes that's the real question <laughs> right they've done giant snakes so many times and we can't get a fucking wendigo you're kidding me yeah yeah we should write in tell them how we feel <laughs> very annoyed very annoyed all right let's finish all this up giles turns out he's not the first everyone tackling him on mass and yelling touch him <laughs> Delightful. Yeah. Love it. It is great. Were you wildly disappointed? No, I think it's a, a plausible or it's it's a good bluff, right? I've talked about this before this episode. Yeah. Like, I don't think it detracts from the show in any way. I think it's a nice thing for people who notice it. And otherwise, it's a fine plot hook to occupy a few of your characters this episode. Like, And they need to be more paranoid about this sort of thing. They really do. It was interesting when you first became aware that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that made you so sure Giles was the first was that they had done it pretty subtly that episode. Yeah. And you were like, this is a show that is incapable of doing subtle things. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Which is generally true, right? But this time they they did it. Yeah. They got one. Hats you know? off to so them. good for them. Hats yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's great. The Buffy fight scene is going as well as it can. I mean, the low light capabilities do not need belaboring anymore. But <laughs> it's not just Buffy and Spike against this weird uh, demon. For re- and like, here we go again with the ridiculous initiative nonsense. <laughs> This place is once again filled with fuckwits. Just, and there's like so many. And how did they get there so fast? All of these military people swarm into the initiative. Well, Buffy called them, right? Well, she called someone who then had to get a message to Riley, who's mm-hmm. in some fucking jungle probably. Uh-huh. And then he had to give an order to get these guys here. Yeah, but they've got so many helicopters. They can get people Such places pretty quickly. helicopters. Such helicopters. Yeah. Rifi gets a good off-screen dig in on Spike as <laughs> official communication called Hostile 17 ass face. Yeah, the, and the guy who has to deliver the message looks so <laughs> uncomfortable. It's really great stuff. <laughs> like, I love that guy. He's initiative in all the right ways. He's stuck up and stuffy, but like, he'll still call Spike ass face. Well, that's what the official memo said. He has no choice. He has to. It's orders. Government through and through, right? Well, military through and through. Amy orchestrated this whole thing as a revenge plot. Um, Blah-de-blah. Amy teleports Kennedy to the Summer's backyard. The whole thing is happening again. You know, Willow shows up with the gun and you're like, yeah! (laughs) 
shoot Kennedy, shoot Kennedy. Yeah. No, unfortunately, no, that's I not like, what happens. I like seeing the cyclical. I like seeing the repeated nature. I like revisiting these places. And that's what this episode is about. It's revisiting the initiative. It's revisiting this horrible thing that happened to Willow. We get down to the whole reason that Willow you know, is having this breakdown and why it happened when she kissed Kennedy. Mm-hmm. It's this part of the grieving process where you eventually have to like let go of the person, yeah. right? And Willow has not done that. And by kissing Kennedy, she feels that she has killed Tara again. Ah. Because that is a way, that's like a step towards moving on. Mm-hmm. And moving on means letting go of something. Well, I read it as when Willow kissed Kennedy for a brief moment, she let go of Tara. Right. And then in, by, in doing so, the memory of Tara is weaker, maybe. And then she's like, yeah, I killed her again. Well, so her subconscious yeah. hilariously turns her into Warren. Yeah, I think it is wacky fun times. The person she killed, honestly. who is Tara's actual killer, which is very perfect. Oh, yeah, like, it's great. I think that part of the episode, like, I definitely like from a conceptual level. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the episode overall, for, for whatever reason... <laughs> I'm not having a great time. <laughs> That's fair. You don't have to. Uh, yeah. I'm astonished that it takes an entire fucking episode for Kennedy to suggest the obvious solution. You kiss <laughs> someone and they turn into someone else. How do you turn it back? You kiss them again. So yeah, Willow should have figured this out. But Kennedy thinks magic is bullshit. Mm. So she didn't immediately think of this. And Willow didn't want anyone else to know what had happened to like make this whole Warren thing happen. So she didn't tell them. <laughs> Kennedy's also very much not into someone who looks like Adam Bush. <laughs> no, not even so a little bit. <laughs> it's, you know, she do- definitely does want to, to use a colloquial term, jump Willow's bones. But yes. then Warren shows up and she's like, I'm much less into this. I'm not even suggesting kissing you anymore. Also, <laughs> it probably wouldn't have worked that early because Willow has to be in a place where she can sort of accept this, right? It's about like an emotional revelation, not just someone yeah. kissing her. She says something to the effect of, I killed her. And she has to have that revelation and have Kennedy kind of explain it to her before this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, as you say, they go to town. <laughs> It's just so deep. And like, that's essentially where the episode ends. Because there's a brief shot of like Kennedy and Willow walking back into the Summer's home arm in arm. But mostly it just ends on Adam Bush throat deep in Kennedy. (laughs) Just delightful. Love it. Oh, man. Michaela, did you like this episode? We've been over this. We don't need to do it again. Yeah. Michaela. Who won this episode? <sighs> Adam Bush, the actor. I think I was actually about to say the same thing, yeah. Yeah, the actor, not think, any character, yeah. the actor no, Adam Bush. Time. <laughs> for, for a person who was murdered last season, yeah. he is having a lot to do this season. So much more than I ever most, thought. Yeah, that he was going to get to do, for sure. Like, there... I would definitely say this is up there at least with the episodes where he had like the most pages, the most lines, you know, like. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, when he was alive, he got this much to do. Oh, remember Angel was dead and the only time David Boreanaz was in the show was in Buffy's weird dreams for like four episodes (laughs) running. Yeah, yeah. Where he would always have one line and then disappear. (laughs) Because <laughs> they had to have that line. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> yeah, just remembering 
the shit they had to go through, and then they just brought him back with no explanation. Yep. Wasn't it because of Scott Hope's clottering? It sure was. Ah! She 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 ah! dropped it near the place where Angel was sent to hell, and then he just magically came back, and they never explained it. <laughs> uh, it's so good, but it can only be that good in hindsight. Because when you're yeah. in it, you're like, they might get to it. They might nope, address never. this in some way. <laughs> but they don't. Not in a million years. Oh, boy. Boy, okay. oh, boy. Michaela, do you have a favorite outfit from this episode? Oh, God. I mean, so we didn't br- mention this, but when Buffy's wearing that scarf that goes to her knees, <laughs> uh-huh. I believe she's also wearing cargo pants. <laughs> what? <laughs> So look at her pants in, They're in getting my longer. Yeah, in my picture. Oh, it's really hard to tell this fucking show, man. It's it's really dark. It's She's so in the basement. Dark. But like I think that her pants have pockets at places where pockets shouldn't be, you know? What is this expression you've captured on her face? White baggy. I don't know what she's fucking doing. Yeah, it's a good question. You know me, capturing <laughs> expressions. No big deal. <laughs> Oh, well, delightful, delightful, delightful. Michaela, do we have a Teeks review for this episode? We do. What? What? This one? (laughs) Yeah. I was so ready for the answer to be no. Teeks, what is this? Why have you reviewed this episode? Okay, okay. What do you think our good friend Taylor Kingston? The one where Willow turns into Warren. I mean, the one, the one where, where Willow, Willow is becomes, turning. Oh, becomes, okay. Becomes Warren, yeah. Which is not true. <laughs> Technically, she never actually becomes him. She, she gets real to. close. She yeah, almost shoots Kennedy. She thinks real hard about it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read this. There's some There's some typos in here. Ooh, I'm going nice. to read them all. Yeah. I love this episode. It's so interesting. I love to see how the guilt brings Willow to tournament herself. And that may sound cruel, but it just makes for a good episode. Sorry, I love how the guilt makes what? <laughs> Brings Willow to tournament herself. Torment. Sure that was supposed to be torment. torment. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. As written, it says tournament. In this episode, Willow and Kennedy share their first kiss. Ah, but then Willow transforms into Warren. She tries so hard to change back, but she can't since she's wrecked with guilt. I just want to point out <laughs> wrecked with guilt. She thinks this is her brain's way of punishing her. She tries to find out a way to change and she runs into an old friend, Amy. But it turns out that Amy might have had more to do with the transformation than Willow thinks. Meanwhile, Buffy tries to find out answers and Spike's chip causes great pain, leading to it being removed. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely end with it an open question as we talked about. Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. I shouldn't have have just been reading. Should have read ahead with my eyes. No, it's fine. Also, the gang suspect that Giles might actually be the first. Spoiler alert, he's not. Don't worry. That gets a spoiler alert, Teeks? (laughs) No, that's the ironic spoiler alert, right? Yeah. That is the spoiler alert of colloquialism. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And like, you'll notice that, because that's the end of the the, the review. So Teeks, all Teeks says is it turns out Amy might have had more to do with this than Willow thinks. (laughs) 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 Ah, oh, that's, yeah, that's good. That is solid teaks right there. 
Fun fact, all of the shows involving Warren Willow were shot twice, once with the Alison Hannigan and once with Adam Bush. I'm sure that was supposed to be shots, yep. but this is rife with, Ooh. with typos. Ooh, what ratings do you think Teeks gave this episode? Eight out of ten. Absolutely. Yeah, there it is. Which is awesome. Not amazing, though. Not freaking no. ridiculous. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, that, that just about does it. Michaela, coming up next time, yeah. what do we got? We've got the episode First Date. Oh, this was a very spooky number 13, too. So that's number 14. <laughs> so we've got nine episodes left? Yeah. Ooh, yep. getting... Ooh, boy. Wait, so, sorry, what's what's the next one called? First Date? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's the... Yeah, you had... Oh, Less of a reaction. In person one. Okay. Um, I'm guessing. Yeah, it sure is. I'm guessing if my feelings about Kennedy are not particularly okay. charitable, I will have not a great time next episode. That is not who's going on this date. <gasps> oh, thank goodness. Okay. Okay. It's Spike and Buffy post brain surgery. Also wrong. It's Faith and Xander. <laughs> Are you just going to keep throwing darts yes. until you hit something? It's Giles and <laughs> Nancy. I don't know. Imagine if they brought Nancy back. Oh my God. Uh, so I think I've listed all of the people that I know. So yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. Familiar face. Yes or no. So here's the thing. There's a person in this episode who is famous. Okay. But who I'm not sure Ooh. that you actually know. I love this. Okay, potentially familiar face. <laughs> like, I don't, I really, really don't think you're going to see this person. Probably and be like, not. oh, look, because it's like a singer. <laughs> oh. It's, I mean, I didn't know yeah. Tara's, like, sister or cousin, right? And she was famous, oh, and Amy was Adams. Oh, that was Amy Adams. Yeah. Who was, like, famous for being an actress. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. So, like, this is someone who's famous for being a singer and was very popular in the early 2000s. Avril Lavigne. So, so no. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. So, technically, there's a familiar face, kind of? I see. But maybe okay. not. <laughs> Delightful. Sure. This episode, I believe we poured one out for Amy. Is that correct? We sure did. Right. It's, it yeah. seems, I mean, you didn't have a good time with this episode, but it seems bonkers that you didn't even remember she was in the rest of this show. <laughs> I mean, right? she's... That's how forgettable I find this episode. Yeah, she's like a, a pretty major part of this episode. Next episode... She is. I, I forgot the entire thing. Like, no, <laughs> no lies. <laughs> Next episode, are we pouring one out for anyone? Um, I don't think so. Hmm. All right. Well, no, I don't think so. Because that's like a pretty general thing right now, right? Like we're we're pouring mm -hmm. one out on a pretty frequent basis in this season in one way or another. I would have told you if we were done with Adam Bush. Right. Yeah, yeah. But we're not. Yes. I. That would be a bit crazy, right? The first still has good use for him. And he seems like he's enjoying being in this show still. So yeah, more power to him. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing. Like... <laughs> Next episode is the worst ranked episode in season seven. Mm -hmm. This episode that we just watched yep. is number 120 out of 144. <laughs> oh, wow. So like other people don't like it either. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like yeah. wacky magic fun times. And yeah. a core part of this is that. And then I like the horror aspect. And then the Giles thing gets resolved. Yeah. And, like, normally I'm on board for the Wacky Magic Fun Times. It's just too much Kennedy. It's not wacky enough, either. Yeah. There's, like, one scene of wackiness. That's true. And then it just turns into, you know, Willow becoming a misogynistic asshole. 
Great. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, coming up next time, we will be looking forward to first date. Whose date is it? We don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you made several guesses. We is wrong. Yeah, so we know several of the things that it's not. Haha. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll be having our next in-person podcast then. It'll be Woo! in commemoration of the worst episode of this season. Looking forward to that question mark. Yep. <laughs> Until that happens, our listeners can always reach out to us on the Reddit, buffy.reddit.com, where this episode will be up. You can find our pictures on Facebook. You can email us, beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. And you can find us individually on YouNow, an up-and-coming live streaming app. I'm on there at me when, Michaela. <laughs> God. I'm on there at you now, brown cow. Very nice. And until next time, farewell from, from the Hellmouth. 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 We got fun and games. We got everything you want. How do we know the names? We are the people that can find. Whatever you may need. If you've got no money, honey, we got your disease. Hellmouth. Hellmouth.